The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Well, congratulations. Thanks, man. Really happy for you. I'm happy for me, too. I bet that you are. <laughs> this is the Intentional Foul Christmas edition. Since we are going to actually take a well-deserved break over the holidays. So sorry if this is the highlight of your week. You're going to have to live without it while you're sipping on some eggnog and yelling at your relatives and figuring out when you can get out of the house and go drink with your friends. Drive them out in the middle of nowhere, leave them for dead. dead. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing just fine. Well, division champs, how's it feel? Uh, It's nice. Think you get there this soon? It's nice. No, no. I I thought that this year they'd be able to to be... uh, I thought 500 was a good goal. I thought that's what we you know, had said. But, hey, man, that's how the NFL works. There's there's always one team that's going worse to first, and it just so happens this year's the Bears' year, and um, hopefully they can take advantage of it because I think there's there's a window of opportunity for them if if things fall their way that they could make a nice little run. Well, not only that, but you can still score a bye. Yeah, I mean absolutely. That, that, that's in play, and I I, mean, I was listening to. Kornheiser and Wilbon uh, a couple of days ago, and they valid question: Did both of the Rams and the Saints peak too early? Because they don't really look like they did mid-season. I think you can certainly say that for the Rams. I think you got to. The Saints have only scored what I heard the other day. They scored forty-eight points like four weeks ago, and since then, I think they've averaged like seventeen or eighteen points a game. Mm-hmm. But in that time, they're three and one. Well, so you know, you win, good you know, good teams. The mark of a good team, I always say, is two things: your road record and can you win ugly. And the Saints seem to be doing both. They're seven and one on the road, and they've been able to win these games. With the you know, even even the Cowboy game that they lost. I mean, they only lost by a field goal. It's not like they got their ass kicked, right? You know, so so, so, so that means the Packers are not not a good team then. No. No, no. I think that's plainly obvious. What, uh, how do you go Owen? How are you winless on the road with Aaron Rodgers? Because you're your bad, and he's been bad this year. But Period, it's just end a, of story. But it's just ridiculous. It is. Amazing. I mean. Well, can you call that amazing? Is that an amazing thing? I always think of amazing as in a positive manner. I don't really think of amazing in a really horrible, awful, terrible manner. Well, I think. I mean, be you can. Way. It's like awesome. You you know, you can awesome can be good and bad, but regardless, it's the not, witch is dead. The Packers are. Yeah, I like that. How you put I was going to, I was going to play. How many exclamation points? But seven of them. That's so uh, okay. Yeah. I was going to, uh huh. you know, see if I can. Okay. What are you going to maybe would, try to do something? You got the Bears here? fight song over there. See what we can do here. Uh huh. You got. Let's see. Uh, ding dong, Aaron Rodgers is dead. Bye, but, Aaron. But he's going to play. He wants to play. He wants to be a leader these last two weeks when nothing matters. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when when 
when you've been called on the carpet by everybody under the sun that's ever worn a Packer helmet this year, it's uh, you might you might want to do that maybe for image sake. You and I talked about that briefly over the last couple of days. The the number of people that are jumping on the uh, Aaron Rodgers criticism bandwagon, and it seems to be getting more full by the day, especially with former former teammates. Well, Butler I think was gone before Rodgers was there, or is he? Still the backup. Yeah, I don't. Win, but he's always around. He's, one, he's like you know. He, he's he one is. of those guys that's those, around. Yes. So one of those guys that's always around wants good for the franchise. Right. He was kind of the most surprising because Butler has always been one of those really positive guys. Wants good for the franchise and whatever. And and I don't know how connected he is into into the locker room with some of the guys or maybe front office management stuff where he. But maybe he's just seeing all this stuff on the surface and doesn't like what he's seeing. It's just it's just a very strange turn of events to me. I I can't remember. I was trying to think of it this afternoon. I can't remember an all-time great player or even a great player who has had more former teammates take shots at him. Mm-hmm. Like I I was trying to rack my head through different sports positions. I mean, like it's weird. I've never heard anybody, anybody that ever played with Elway, love him. Favre, love him. Manning, Brady, Montana. I, I never hear anything bad from teammates about these guys. So for, the, for take Butler out of the equation, but for some of these other guys that have come out the, over the last couple of years and, and said stuff, it's, it has to be a little bit concerning. I know you, you like to say, well, you know, they got maybe an ax to grind or whatever, but I mean, there's two sides to everything. I I'm guess, not- I guess to that, I would, you know, just say like, well, who who could say something that would counter would, would raise an alarm for you? You know who who that's played with him. Uh, you know nobody that nobody's going to come out and say anything because that's that's the other thing. It's like, well, these guys don't say anything until they're not playing with him anymore. Well, they're not going to say anything to, about him when they're playing with him, especially a guy like Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings can't do anything if Rodgers don't throw him the ball. <laughs> right. So you're not going to call your quarterback out while you're playing with him unless you're right. Odell Beckham. Yep. So I don't know. It's it's just a it's a strange thing that I, that I've never really seen before with a player as great as Rodgers is. You know who I honestly would would give a lot of credence to if he were to say something, uh, Jordy Nelson, because he seems like the very yeah, but that's like his best friend. Well, though. consummate teammate. He's he was loved of the franchise, and the franchise kicked him out. It didn't have anything to do with Rodgers. And he's kind of risen above the whole thing. He hasn't said anything about his former team. He hasn't come out against anybody else. If he said something about Aaron's lack of leadership in the locker room, I would raise an eyebrow to that and say, okay, tell me more. Fair. Uh, but I, but I, it, it needs to be a high character person and not somebody that just comes out with a with a you know flaming hot take about well this is whatever like Butler was a Favre guy he he won the Super Bowl with a different quarterback he came up while Favre was there he was with Reggie White so you're not a part of the organization anymore and because you don't like the directions that it's going this is the guy you're going to pin it on because who's left to blame coach is gone GM's gone who's left it's the quarterback. Who else is is as big a part of that equation that you can actually, you know, throw a stone at and and hit the target? There's nobody left that is of any meaning anymore. But were the guys that are arguing on Rogers' behalf? 
they're not there. Where are those guys? Well, see, like a Jordy Nelson, like I, I, that's fine if you think that he's a guy that would come out and say anything. I don't think so, just because they're so. I'm not close. saying he would. But I'm where, saying that's where, who I'd listen where to. Where has he been going? No, these no. Rogers is a great leader, man. He he was awesome. Well, I I loved playing with him. He was because, this. He was that. Well, because nobody in Oakland has actually asked him that. Well, question. maybe not. But you know, there's other there, guys. These guys all have Twitter accounts, man. You know, they they certainly have no problem going on there spouting off about this, that, and the other. If they really felt passionately about the fact that Aaron was getting a raw deal, somebody would come out and say something. Maybe you, they you just would think. Maybe they just don't care because they think it's ridiculous. That could be part of that too. Maybe. I mean, I, I mean, I would. I've trust seen guy, me. I've seen guys chirp about a hell of a lot less than that. That is very true. <laughs> you know? that is very true. But I no, I, I I'm not saying I'm not even saying one way or the other. The, you know what. Jennings and Finley and Butler are saying is true. We're not there. I don't know. I just find it very interesting and strange. But like you said when we were having a conversation the other day, it's easy to criticize and kick somebody when they're down and they're playing badly. Sure. When you know the, when he's throwing hail marys, they're not bitching about him. But it's the saying is winning solves everything. So you're not going to hear about any of that. You're going to yeah. say, well, he's winning games, but he's a shit leader. Well, nobody's going to come out and say anything because they don't care. Well, I don't care. I'm I'm close to winning a Super Bowl. But well, when you're not, then it's easy to point out all your faults. It's like what I always say with you with the gift and the curse of Rodgers. You know, when he's make when he's throwing those Hail Marys and he's winning those playoff games in Dallas with teams that really aren't that good, it masks all the problems. So yeah, they don't bubble to the surface until they're bad. I mean, McCarthy was running the same crap offense for the last three, four years, and there was a segment of the of the fan base that was calling for him. But for the majority of them, it's like we're winning the division, we're making the playoffs, we're winning games in the playoffs. Why are why would we fire our coach? I was of that population. I so, I wasn't you know campaigning for a change. It's because it's one of those things where you're at now. It's okay. Well, now we made a change because we're down, and are we going to be able to do better? Or are we going to be able to do a lot worse? And I think you could probably put those on an even scale without having it tip one way or the other. I do have a, a little a conspiracy theory about oh, yes. Rogers Rogers playing this week. Okay, um, Philbin came out uh, yesterday and today pretty strongly and said that he basically believed that Rogers should play if healthy. If healthy enough to play, he should play. He's hoping that he plays. Yeah, but you can if you read between the lines, he was kind of like, if he's healthy, he should play. Yes. Rodgers came out today and said, I'm, I'm playing. Good. I'm playing. I'm, I'm, I'm playing. healthy. I'm a leader. I'm, I'm going to play. We all know Philbin is Rodgers' guy, right? Um, I believe that these last, what I guess they're going to be four games that he'll be the coach. Is that right? Yes. I believe these last four games are a job audition. It would be unfair to put Philbin in the position to be on a job audition with Kaiser Soso behind center for two games. That's really you good. can't do that. You can't do that to Phil. It's not fair, right? So Rogers being boys with Philbin, maybe he's taking one for Philbin. Like, look, I want Philbin to be the coach next year. There's no reason for me to play. I don't. But need I to know play I'm going to help game, him. But by playing this right. game, if we go beat the Jets and we play well, everybody will, and we let's say we end up two and two, eh, not bad. Better than what we were before we had him. And that, that what give, if they go three and one? That gives him a good, good last couple of games to put on your resume you when go, you throw yeah. your name, throw your name in the hat. If you end the All season right. three and one, yeah. and your loss is at the Bears, who are a good Division team, champ. what's the problem? If you're looking at, I'm saying from like from Philbin and Rogers' perspective, if they're kind of in cahoots here and want him to get the job, 
I would think that's a hell of a lot better audition than going one and three and losing these last two games to crap teams with a CFL level quarterback. Probably true, but I would think that I would hope that management would be smart enough to take that out of the equation. We've dealt you a shitty hand. We know that, but we're going to take everything all encompassing when looking at your overall performance. But can you really evaluate a guy when, when yeah. with that guy go? I mean, part of it is dealing with substandard players and talent. He did it in Miami for three and a half for four years. So, I mean, he's he has obviously done it before. How do you handle adversity? You don't have your best player, one of the best players, who arguably has not played well, not even arguably, who has not played well this year. So, But he's a pro bowler, right? What is that? I mean, what is I, that? Don't care about the pro bowl. No. Don't care how many no. times you've made the pro irrelevant to me. But, like, for the people that do care, how do you take him over Russell Wilson? I mean, Russell Wilson's going to make the playoffs with a team that ain't got any more talent than the Packers, probably. Maybe a position here or there, but collectively, not much more. And Rodgers makes it over him. Why? Because he only threw two picks? I mean, what what would be the possible logic here? I saw somebody who tweeted a good timeline of a philosophy concerning the Pro Bowl. It's, you know... Pro Bowl selections get announced. People bitch that the best players are snubbed. Injuries happen. Replacement players take their places. And some of those snubs are put in the game. Nobody watches anyway. It's like base, It's like football's version of uh, Selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament where there's like a couple guys that don't get in or a couple teams that don't get in and people flip out for three days and then something else happens and we just move on with life. Yeah, but there's the difference. They watch the NCAA tournament where they <laughs> That's don't, true. don't watch the Pro Bowl. Ugh. They don't care. I think I've watched maybe 20 minutes of it combined in the last three years. I remember loving it as a kid. but Well, because it was exciting when you were a kid. All these personalities and these guys and these these you know future Hall of Famers are all on one team. You didn't know that they weren't trying very hard well, or didn't and, want to and, injure each other. And not only that, you know, at the at the time when I loved it in the eighties, I mean, it, I was only watching one football game a week true, for the most part. Right? You know, we didn't have the options that we have now. Now but. you get there, it's like we got another game. Okay, can we just move the Super Bowl up? <laughs> right. So, uh. all right. Well, the Bears D looked uh, obviously pretty good. I mean, when you get Khalil Mack getting a quarterback sack, turning around and backing into a guy. I mean, you know, things just aren't going your way for the Packers. And that's, I mean, that's a uh, pretty I, good. I tell you, man, it's as a Bear fan, watching that defense is exciting. I mean, the game that Leonard Floyd had two sacks, I think he had four tackles for loss. Roquan Smith had 10 tackles. Uh, Khalil Mack had two sacks. Eddie Jackson had a pick. I mean, Against Rodgers, against a, a guy that historically has shredded you, especially down there, um, pretty pretty exciting, something to look forward to. And that's why a lot of people are kind of jumping on the Bears bandwagon nationally now. It's kind sure. of you know um, popular pick, but we've kind of talked about it all year. You know, if they can get if they can get a home game or two in the playoffs, and in in some cold weather, well, they're going to get a home game because for they won sure. the division, yeah. Um, but you know, if they got the buy and they got a second round home game, um, you know, you have an opportunity and it's all you need. They're sitting in a pretty good spot. You know, the, the Trubisky factor is really the, the only question that I have. And, uh, you know, he played pretty good the other day. The thing with Trubisky is kind of him and Nagy are so tied together. It's like, if Nagy calls a good game, it seems like Trubisky plays a good game. 
Um, sometimes when they try to get him doing some stuff he probably shouldn't be doing, you know, rolling left, trying to throw right, right. and, you know, some of these... Throwing on the run and throwing a little touch yeah. pass that goes 10 yards yeah. over the head stuff of the like guy. Stuff like that that he's not good at. If yeah. they take that out and just, you know, get the ball to Cohen, run the ball with Howard like they did the mm-hmm. other day, um, they could beat anybody because the Saints have been have shown that they can be slowed down. Yeah. Now, granted, you'd have to do it in the Dome, and that's a different animal. Um, and the, I, the Rams, I mean, the Bears have already beat the Rams. Right. They're certainly beatable. Gurley seems to be pretty beat up. Yes, I know. I, he's definitely not going to be full strength for the playoff run, I so, would imagine, at this point. Who knows, man? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's cool. If the, to, it's been eight years since they've been in the playoffs, so it's, it's cool to have that to actually look forward to. So we got two weeks left uh, of the regular season, and a lot of guys now you're hearing just shut down, going on IR, not going to play, that kind of, I mean, Rogers. We already talked about, and that that is a direct correlation. I and I, I think, am glad he's playing, though. Not I, not not because like I'm I'm hoping he gets hurt or anything, but I think these guys that make that kind of money and basketball is the same way. Like, how many times are the Packers going to play in uh, that stadium against the Jets in his career, where some little kid who lives in New York and idolizes Rogers can go see him play? Somebody I think, brought that you know, up today. You that's planned why, this game. Yeah, that's why if if he's healthy. He should play. You don't treat Cam, the last... Cam Newton should not play. Guy can't even hardly throw it 10 well, yards. Right, no, he's been... There's That's, been a problem I, there. I, I'm fine with that, yeah. but, you know, if it came out the Rodgers tore his groin on Sunday, yeah, obviously don't play, but otherwise I think you got to give it a go. The, the left tackle, uh, David Bakhtiari, Pro Bowl snub. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wasn't he, didn't I hear he's an alternate, maybe? Yes, Is that he right? Is. Yeah, yes, okay. He is. Well, good for him. Um, he... Uh, he said, and I, I played one of his quotes this morning, was that I get played to play six I get paid to play sixteen games. The playoffs are a bonus. Your contract is for sixteen games. Mm-hmm. It's not for fourteen games because the playoffs are no longer a possibility. The playoffs are extra. They pay me to play this many games. I'm gonna play if I can this many games, period, end of story. And I thought that was that was I mean, and that's a workman's attitude because that's an offensive lineman and that's what they do. They're not in a skill position or, you know, one of these guys that has a bigger personality than than the game and is kind of a diva. But I thought that was a very realistic way of looking at it, especially when you get some of these guys that if you're able to play but you're making guaranteed money and it's probably like, well, whatever, I can still collect a check. That doesn't speak well to your character to me. And I realize there are not a lot of high-character people in this league. We hear about a lot of low-character people, um, more so than, than, than the highs, because a lot of people just normally go about and do their thing. But when it comes down to these situations, when you hear guys say, of course I'm going to play. I'm being paid to play, so I'm going to do it. That, to me, makes them lo- more all the more likable. Yeah, I, I 100% respect that, and... Um, I think that's a football thing more than anything else too, because you're you have such a finite career, and there you, you know, a guy like Bakhtiari, realistically, he's really probably only going to play about 150 NFL games. So, do you want to be giving those away? Right. I mean, I know you, you. I don't know how that works. He probably would still get paid, you know, if he if they shut him down for the rest of the year oh, or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's respectable for guys to do that they should do that and you know <laughs> with the with what ticket prices for NFL games cost Seriously. these days i mean you're you know to try to if you're a packer season ticket holder and you're walking into week 17 and and Rodgers comes out with a stock and hat and sweatshirt on i'm not real happy that i have to pay full price for these absolutely. tickets absolutely what i just walked into a preseason game exactly you know yeah. you're calling guys up from the practice squad they're claiming guys off waivers that you haven't seen for 16 weeks you're like who the hell is this? Right. 
Yeah. And you don't have no idea because they're just trying to fill the 53-man roster at this point. They're trying yeah. to limp to the finish line. Exactly. I don't want to pay for that. No. All right. Let's go around the league a little bit. Oh, man. How, how does a a playoff caliber team in contention for a wild card team like the Seahawks lose to the 49ers? This is one of those things that you people can point out. It's like, they, oh, they always have problems. Why? It doesn't matter the talent level. Somebody give me a deeper reason than that. Well, it's definitely a rivalry. I mean, that is oh, okay, the, fine. that is the rivalry in the NFC West. But a lot of these teams, I mean, you put a lot of stuff on paper, and I understand upsets happen, but there's, I I, I don't know, man. To me, it's, it's just inexcusable. It's got to have something to do with the coaching and, and the scheming. I mean, I didn't see this game. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, the 49ers with their third-string quarterback. Yeah. To to beat a Seahawks team that had been playing really well, well they have something to play for. Right. They're fighting for a playoff position. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty shocking, pretty jarring. I mean, that's the kind of thing. I mean, it, it is what happens in this league. It just does. Yeah. Um, you mean like Dallas too? Shut out. Yeah, but that's a good team though. They lost to a good team. They lost to the Colts. Do we know that they're good? They're better than the Forty ers Well, they're better. Yes. I mean, but I mean, Dallas is in contention. I don't know that the- Dallas is good. Well, Who the hell did they but, beat on their winning streak? You put up a donut. I know. Well, I heard. I heard the uh, Andrew Luck Pro Bowl snub. Yeah, right. No kidding. Um, I, the D coordinator for the Colts used to work for the Cowboys. That'll help. So there was a little All bit right. of knowledge there that, sure. that kind of helped shut that down. But um, yeah, I don't know. Seahawks and Dallas just both had opportunities to kind of take control of their mm-hmm. spot and uh, gave it away. Pretty much wrapped up the at least the three seed for the Bears. Oh yeah, and uh, yep. you know it left the door open for another team here. That's kind of a what the hell? The Eagles. Yeah, what is that? Well, Nick Fol. Hey, well, how, how you doing? Maybe want to? Are you gonna? Who are you gonna go with in the future? Now, I mean, if you're an Eagle fan, Foles? now. now uh, First of all, here's my disclaimer. Carson Wentz is way better of a player, Fine. and he's way younger, and he's a guy that you want to build your franchise around. But Fine. if you're an Eagles fan, who who's, do you want quarterback in this team? Who's gotten you? Man. I mean, Wentz got you to the door, and then Foles just broke, just smashed it all down and came out holding the trophy, and now you're trying to stay alive, and he's bailing the water and plugging the hole in the ship. Well, the first two weeks when he started this year, he was not good. No, you're right. So but there, there was, ready, there so was some questions yeah. with him, but I heard Michael Vick talking about this the other day, and this, I thought this was very interesting. Uh, he was on Cowherd's show, and, and the question was basically like, wh- why, is this, why does this happen with Foles? Why, do, why when he comes in does it seem like they're just this wide-open offense and they're scoring all these points? And Vick, was, Vick made a good point. He's like, when Foles is in there, they kind of just go to basic stuff. Like when when Wentz is in there, they have plays specifically designed for his talent. Okay. Where when Foles is in there, they're just running their stuff. They're not trying to tailor it to the quarterback. And if if you if anybody plays fantasy, they'll know this. When Carson Wentz plays, Zach Ertz is a monster. Elshon Jeffrey doesn't do nothing. When Nick Foles plays, Elshon Jeffrey. Major, major deep threat factor opens everything up underneath and opens up their running game. Zach Ertz, you don't hear much about with Foles. So there's something there with how they're doing their game plan that is making it easier for Foles. Um, it's weird, man. Hmm. It's weird. Like 
Interesting. I remember watching Foles on the Rams. He he was like the worst quarterback in football, and then he comes back to the Eagles, and he's done this the last two years. And you know, maybe he's a maybe he's just a Mariano Rivera. You know, maybe he's the he's the closer. I don't know that you want him for sixteen games, but maybe you want him for six. Right. I don't know. He's just got a limited amount that you can use up, and then that's done. And it's, then you're out. It's kind of funny, actually, because right. considering that I can't stand the Eagles and. It this kind of turmoil just that makes whole, me smile. That whole division, I can't. <laughs> you could get rid of that whole thing, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, staying in the north, um, the Vikings, their quarterback's coach is now their offensive coordinator. Um, the guy they should have hired in the first place. The head coach is more involved in the play calling, and lo and behold, they put up 41 points. And ran the ball. Disclaimer, it's against the Dolphins, yep. who won at home against the Patriots. So okay, but you all they also lost to the Packers at Lambeau. So which I you know, it it all depends on how much weight you want to assign to any of that, but still, you put up 41 points, you're clearly doing something right on offense that you haven't been doing the last 5 6 weeks. If I had bet if I was a, a game better, I would have bet on this game 100%. Really? Uh do, Vikings are desperate. At home, needed a win to stay alive, yep. stay stay in the mix. And the Dolphins were riding high, man. They were coming off a game, that New England game. They had no business in winning. I mean, they were riding the gravy train, and they rode it all the way to Minneapolis and never got off because that was a <laughs> there was like a little moment there where it got close, I think, towards the end of the first half, and then the Vikings just ran away on them just to stay alive, unfortunately. Hmm. All right, so this, again, playoff picture with two weeks to go. The top seed in the AFC is Kansas City. Um, Houston is next, which, by the way, that that Texans-Philly game will be very, very good Mm -hmm. on a couple of different fronts. The Patriots have lost five games. Um, They're next in the third position. Then you got Pittsburgh, and that's uh, Pittsburgh's in a battle with New Orleans this week. So there's a lot of games that will still jumble all this around potentially. There's nothing definitely locked into any of it. And then and then you've got the Chargers at 11 and 3. My, my Chargers. They hold the tiebreaker over um or no wait a minute. I, I was I was talking about the NFC there. I'm sorry. Um yeah, but the Chargers. I mean, they beat they went into Kansas City and yeah. won without Melvin Gordon. Yes. And they lost Keenan Allen in the first quarter and they still won that game. Man, I don't know if I can just stop distrusting Philip Rivers, but I think I have to be kind of getting over that because they look really good. Oh yeah, they got that team has got a ton of talent and and the weird thing about it is like, you know, they're tied with the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have the tiebreaker on them, so right now they would win the West, but like I think the Chargers are better off playing from the 5th spot um because similar to the Rams, they have no home field advantage. So if they play the you know, if they play Pittsburgh in L.A., Colise- the whole place is going to be full of Col- Sealer fans. Coliseum has not really been a, a home no. field. I mean, you might as well play it in Pittsburgh. What what difference does it make? Not really any, except for the the number of people you can get in there, and that's about it. Um, you've got Baltimore, Indianapolis, Tennessee, all at 8-6. and six. Is Indy one of the comeback teams of the year, do you think? I think so, yeah. For I mean, for as bad as they were last year, I'm I mean, very happy to see them back. I mean, their owner's a complete knob, <laughs> but uh, I've always liked the Colts. Um, I liked them when they had when they had Manning, and mm-hmm. and I I like Luck. He's a I, I enjoy watching him. I think he's a hell of a quarterback. He's just 
Um, unfortunately, he had that shoulder injury yep. where he missed a couple years. But, yeah, man, I, I, they're like a guy or two away from next year being a legit contender. Titans don't do anything for me. Oh, my God. How are they still alive? How are them and the Dolphins? Dolphins Just, I Jesus. don't really care about. So go ahead and uh well Saints twelve go ahead and, and two to the NFC. Still riding high. Yep. You got the Rams at eleven and three in the two spot, Bears at ten and four, uh one game back. So if those two were to tie, the Bears would have the tiebreaker on based on head to head. Um Cowboys eight and six sit one game up on both the Eagles and somehow the Washington Redskins. Fourth quarterback. On a dude that was what's his name? Josh Washington Johnson, cars three right? weeks ago. Yep. yep. They're still alive. I hadn't heard that name in probably a season or two. I think Kornheiser said the other day he hadn't thrown a pass in like six years. Something like oh that. Oh, my God. And he won a game last week. Um, and then uh, the Vikings still hanging out in the sixth spot, uh, half game ahead of the Eagles and the Redskins. So um, mm. top, top part of the NFC is pretty locked in. It's just a matter of seeding. Uh, the bottom, there's still some shuffling to be done. Basically, who wins the uh, the well, East and, you, and can the Vikings hang on? That two and three spot is not settled either. No, that's what I'm saying. The, the seeding is kind of in flux there. And the Bears have a winnable game this week, albeit on the road. If you don't, if you don't shit the bed like the Seahawks did. Problem is the Rams got the, the Cardinals and the Niners to close out. That's pretty so, tough. That's yeah. that's tough. And I mean, and you're going to be in nice, controlled, warm or warm climate for all those games, which, yeah. you know. You shall, who does who the Bears have next week? Bears have, they have the Vikings and, oh, they're at the Niners this week. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So so the Vikings next week. Yep. Well, that'll be a big game for Good, both. Yeah. That'll be a big game for Minnesota, more likely if, if um, I mean, with the Rams, given their opponents that you just mentioned, that'll be a bigger game for Minnesota than it will be, yeah. I would imagine, for trying to squeeze into the playoffs. Wow. So Packers are at the Jets this week. Uh, I I wonder if that line is going to change now. I thought it was interesting that like following some of that. And again, I'm not a gambling dude either, but I, I I just like to see what Vegas is thinking. And when you favor the Packers to start with on Sunday night, and then by Monday morning the Jets are favored, and then by Monday afternoon the game's off the board. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what Aaron Rodgers is doing, and that's basically what they're looking at. Now I'll be curious to see whether they put it back on and and where that's leaning since he says. He's gonna play. Or yeah, wants I'm, to play. I'm sure it'll be Packers by you know four or five probably. Yeah. Bears at the Niners. We talked about um, skins and the Titans. I mean, that's just to me. The like both of them could make the playoffs, and I don't want to watch either of them. No, especially against each other. <laughs> well, that's like not... that could be a ten to seven game. Ugh. Ugh. Ravens and the Chargers. This is a this is a challenging one for LA. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Depending on how many Baltimore fans travel, but Lamar Jackson has been pretty good. I mean, not great. Very Tebow esque, maybe. Maybe. You mean without the actual Tebowing on the field? You miss him, don't you? I do not miss any bit of him. There were headlines in the summer about what he was doing for baseball. And I didn't mention him even once. You watch a lot of SEC network, so I'm sure you get your fill of of Tebow time. Talked about the Texans in Philly, whether Foles can do that again. Um, it doesn't seem like anybody's really talking about Houston, even though they have the third best record in the AFC. I just think everybody's waiting for the inevitable choke job that they seem okay. to always do. I mean, they always I win think, their division, and then they lose in the first and, playoff and game. I so. think that's fair. Yeah. 
Um, talked about the Steelers in New Orleans. Uh, if if this is a must win right now for Pittsburgh, I think to save, and, and that's not fair given where it is in the opponent. But I mean, you lose to them, and your playoff chances are, I mean, dwindling and hard. Well, it depend. It'll depend on the Raven Charger well, yeah. game, of course, because there's a half game separating them. But yeah, I. <laughs> You know, they've got a winnable game against the the Bengals in Week 17, so you would think if you're Pittsburgh, you win Sunday, you're in. Um, I have a hard time believing they're going to lose at home to the Bengals and their backup quarterback. Probably not. See, uh, things got tougher for Seattle after that Niners game because Mm -hmm. now they're playing the Chiefs. It's at home at least, but, I mean, can you count on a home field advantage with these guys giving you tipping the scales in your favor against a... Team that already has 11 wins. Chiefs coming off a loss, a heartbreaking loss. I don't know. Yeah. So a lot going on still in the last two weeks. Nothing really settled uh, after really the first spot in the NFC and then the uh, top two spots in the AFC. So we'll see what happens, I guess. But that is uh, that's about it for the NFL. Yeah. Um, I'm going to touch on the Bucks a little bit. Yeah. Bucks are uh, twenty and nine, still oh. second in the East. Seems still. like we always say that second in the yep, East. They're hanging everywhere. on there. Uh, it's getting it's getting tight at the top. You've got Toronto. I think they're they're two or three up on the Bucks, and um, Indiana, Philly, and Boston are, are right on the Bucks' heels, all within about a game, game and a half. So it's starting to right. tighten up at the top. I um, I was curious because I saw DiVincenzo got assigned to the G mm-hmm, League, mm-hmm. and he's going to make his debut there uh, tomorrow. They're going to be out in Vegas. Okay. I think it's part of the Vegas showcase. Do you have any interest in going up to Oshkosh to watch watch any of these games? If a more affordable experience, I guess, to watch some of the secondary tweener Bucks players? Not really. In a little smaller atmosphere? No? Not me personally, no. Okay. I mean, if I was going to get in the car and drive that far, I'd just go to go, the Buck game. Go, go to Milwaukee. You know? Um, but they, they do got, you know, they've got good play. I mean, Vander Blue is actually on the herd. Um, you know, former Marquette player, former Madison Memorial player, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure it's cool. I, I just wouldn't probably if you drive in the two fo- hours. If, if you I lived, lived up in the there Fox for Shell, sure. you probably go absolutely go, go to more games. I mean, that's probably a lot more affordable than oh yeah, what you're doing for over sure. Right, for sure. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, they got a couple wins. Uh, beat the Cavs. Beat uh, Detroit uh, Monday night, and uh, they lost to the Pacers last Wednesday. Uh, they kind of that got, was on the road. Yeah, right? they yeah. got they got worked pretty good in that one. But nice to see them rebound with two wins. Uh, they got the Pelicans at home tonight. Um, New Orleans won Anthony three in a row Davis. in that series. Yeah, yeah, and Anthony Davis uh, is, <laughs> man, they don't make many like that. He good. He very good. Uh, Friday at Boston, that's a, that's going to be a, a good test, good midseason test. They lost there earlier in the year, um, but Boston's a lot more healthy and uh, been been playing better of late. And then Saturday they're in down in Miami, oh, which that's a is quick turnaround. probably a schedule loss. You can pretty much put an L in the column yep. there. Yeah, they're going to play hard on Friday against Boston, and then, then have to uh, travel and travel down the coast and get in late. That'll be a tough one. And then uh, Christmas Day. That's kind of a thing, though. You and I talked about that when we saw it on the schedule. If you are somebody in the league, um, whether it be one of the you know cornerstone franchises, whether you're good or not anymore, i.e. the Knicks, um, you want to play on Christmas Day. That's a no showcase question. day. Yep. Yep, and now that the Bucks are there, that's kind of one of those things like, okay, they've pretty much arrived. Yeah. 
Well, and Giannis is a draw. Well, you of know, course. Giannis yeah. will certainly draw eyeballs, and, and that's what it's all about. But, uh, yeah, ideally the, the the league would have liked to have had Porzingis back for the Knicks to, you know, to go with Giannis in that matchup, but he's still quite a ways away from coming back. Uh, but, yeah, that's they haven't played on Christmas Day in a very, very long time, so it's uh, it's nice for the franchise to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. It's nice for me to be able to watch them uh, at 11 o'clock Christmas Day while I'm uh, – <laughs> Eating some hors d'oeuvres and getting ready for prime rib. So excellent. Um, so yeah, that's you know, just to wrap up with the Bucks here. Um, we talked about the trade they made last week, um, shipping out John Henson and Della yes. Vadova yep. and bringing in George Hill George and Jason Smith. Smith. Um, that's kind of why we're seeing Divincenzo go to the G League. He hasn't been playing much of late. He's kind of been moved down the the rotation a little bit, which no, th- no problem with. With Hill get getting there, that pushes even further back. For sure, okay. yeah. George Hill is going to be in the rotation, and and he should be. He's a good player. Um, it was nice the other night in the Detroit game to see two guys, uh, two young guys, DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown. Yep. Uh, both played really well. He got some extended minutes. Yeah. Uh, Wilson got to come in. Ursan was out with uh, a they, face they, they called contusion. It, they, well, they called it a, a nose, nose contusion, contusion yes. which. Would mean bruised nose. I don't know what a bruised nose is, but um, never had a bruised nose. So Wilson got some PT and played well. You know, had to guard uh, Blake Griffin, who's playing well this year, and did a did a reasonably good job. And and Sterling Brown, it was it was interesting at the end of the game. You know, Brown's only about six five, six mm-hmm. four. He was guarding Griffin for about the last five six minutes of the game, and he did a great job on him and uh, knocked down a couple of big shots. So um, nice to see that depth being used by the Bucks. Keep some of the minutes down for some of these other guys, and you know it. It gives them confidence for later in the year, and it, it certainly gives Budenholzer confidence that he can go to these guys in in a crucial situation. So, uh, um, hopefully, they can keep playing well, and uh, you know, head into the new year. You know, maybe like fifteen games over five hundred. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. You uh, you pointed out uh, the, the the new guy in the league to me, and you said watch a couple of these plays and oh. watch out for this guy. Luka Doncic? Oh, man. Yeah. Big time. Okay. Um, How old is he? 19. 19. He was uh, fifth pick in the draft. He was actually drafted by Atlanta. They traded him to Dallas for, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, he was the number three pick in the draft by Atlanta. Traded to Dallas for the fifth pick, which was Trey Young. And, uh, I mean, that that's going to go down as one of the, that's an all-time screw-up by the Hawks to trade him. Um it's going to be similar. It, they're going to look at that one in Dallas the same way they look at the Dirk one, where the Bucks actually drafted Dirk and traded him, him for, in, for the tractor. For tractor. Trailer. Um, yeah, Doncic. He was <laughs> he's been playing professional basketball since he was 15. He played in the second best league in the world, the Euro League, the last couple of years. Last year, he led his team to the championship and was the MVP of the finals in the Euro League as an 18 year old. This guy's legit. Um, about a six seven, uh, small forward can dribble, can pass, can shoot. Um, he's just going to be, he's really fun to watch. He's going to be a really good player. And, uh, his mom is an absolute smoke show. <laughs> Do yourself a favor, I, folks. All right, hold on. Luka Doncic's mom. I don't think I'm on the company Wi-Fi, so I can Google this. She done any modeling or is she just, I, I believe she's like a, like a Slovene, a former Slovenian model or something like okay. that. Cause I believe he's from Slovenia. Okay. Yeah. Quite, quite nice. Well, Looks like she's like maybe early mid forties, well, right, right in our wheelhouse. As soon as you uh, type in Luka Doncic, and then the second, the the other Google predictives are stats, age, height, 
and mom. Yes. Yeah. There's a reason. <laughs> Holy moly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I can't even pronounce her name. Do you even know what her name is? Mrs. Doncic. <laughs> Can I mow your grass, Mrs. Doncic? Can I water the flowers for you oh. while Mr. Doncic is at work? You need your pool looked at? Yes. Is that the pool house? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to college hoops. Yeesh. Wow. Marquette with a big win over Wisconsin. Uh, they get back at it. They they clobber North Dakota. I mean, where does Buffalo come from? Four, well, 14th right now in the AP and, and a big game on Friday at the serve. Well, they made the Sweet 16 last year. I've forgotten about that. You know, that, they knocked off Arizona, and then I, I don't remember who they played in the second game, but... Uh, yeah, they got a good team. They got a couple guys on their team that are pros, and they have a they have a connection to UW Whitewater. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, their head coach Nate Oates. Uh, actually, he was the one of our assistants when I was there from uh, 2000 to 02. Look at these Buffalo. They they know the Whitewater yeah, campus. Yeah, clearly with, with there for Leipold football as the and, football guy. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right. So uh, so yeah, but Marquette's gonna have their hands full. I mean that that is a really good college team. It's kind of an old school college team. It's it's got. A lot of upperclassmen, guys that have played a lot of college games, um, and they're good. So right. that, that'll be a tough one. Badgers are nine and two. They just absolutely <laughs> pound Savannah State, and now they have Grambling State. I, I I'm going to have to pay closer attention to this, but it it seems like to me when you get around exam time and there's a break in the conference, the Badgers schedule some of these really big non-conference cupcakes. Well, Marquette did it too with North Dakota. North Dakota. Wojo talked a little bit about it in the paper. Like, you know, they hadn't played a game for ten days, and you could tell in the first ten minutes of the game. After that, it was you know they they did what mm-hmm. they needed to do. But um, fortunately for the Badgers, they didn't really have to wait on Savannah State. That game was over when those guys got off the bus. Seriously. Um, but yeah, you know these are these are what I call get right games. You know, it's it's you start getting into the dog days. You're 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 waiting for the conference yep. to start. Yeah, you're, you're you're ready. You're ready to get into that. You're as done a with the books for a little yeah, bit. And now yeah. you can concentrate on basketball. And yep. So this is Grambling almost State's going to be one of those. It's almost like a scrimmage that counts. There you go. You know, I mean, it's just a way for these guys to get out, make sure run their stuff. Lose, but, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. But mm-hmm. that's why you schedule these teams that you're not going to lose to. So we'll see. All right, college football, the bowl season. You got the semifinals on the 29th. Um, I. I I'm not really putting a lot of stock in Notre Dame there. I think they're going to get clobbered. The the one that people seem to like is Oklahoma, and I'm not really sure whether that's going to happen either. I I, I mean, I guess. Well, how what color what's, me what's surprised. the formula there? If you're like, know. what's the formula for them to win? Score a bunch of points, right? Pretty much. Well, Alabama's got the best defense yeah. in football, and they also can score. Yeah. And Oklahoma can't stop anybody. No. So how's that going to work? It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be like a Big Twelve game that could be in the 60s. Oh man. You know, I mean that that's if Oklahoma I can put up points. Yeah, that could be one where Alabama wins like handily fifty five to twenty or something. Well, I, I color me surprised if anybody other than Alabama wins. Yeah, that that that's basically where I'm looking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Hornybrook didn't pra- practice on Monday. I don't know whether it, what what it was from. They didn't really get into it. Um, I liked watching the Badgers recruiting class sign in. Seemed, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know you're, you're a, you know, he's just a guy at this point, and you don't know because that's the recruiting class is kind of your same NFL draft. You don't know anything right. until they get on the field. Mm-hmm. But 
as far as the the the, uh, the rankings are concerned, it's one of the best classes in a long time. Seems like there's a lot of players that can fill a lot of holes that are that are fairly well renowned. So I, I'm I'm kind of excited about that. And when you get a guy in your city that's going to Madison, I think that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and you know, obviously, the best of luck to Keanu Benton and. And and hopefully he can he can find the field sooner rather than later. But as far as the Badger Bowl game, well, I thought that uh, um, I read an article today about the kid from Menominee Falls, the running back. Uh, is it Davies? Julius Davis. Um, sounds like he's a pretty legit prospect yep. in in a in a long line of kids from Wisconsin. Yep. You know, he's you know he was talking about you know really looking up to Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. and it sounds like he's got a pretty good relationship already with Taylor and some of the guys that are there so well there's there's also a lot of what cuz they I followed Twitter all day today while a lot of these signings came in and there were a couple in-state guys which are your standard preferred walk-ons mm-hmm. or right. just walk-ons and you wait probably in 3 years or 4 years you're going to be hearing one of these guys that's going to be a next in a long line of Wisconsin homegrown state dudes who didn't start out on scholarship, but just come in and kick ass. Mm-hmm. And it's somebody that everybody has overlooked that just is going to outwork everybody else. Well, and the cool thing with this Davis kid, uh, it said in the article that he had verbally committed a while ago, yep. and uh, LSU and Notre Dame came at him really, really hard late mm-hmm. to try to get him to flip, and and uh, he didn't. you know. And, and with the year Notre Dame had this year, it certainly could have been one where you're like, man, they're... You know, they're in the Final Four. Well, that that might be a place to go. The quarterback, Graham Mertz, had committed a while ago, and then you got all these, you know, Power Five teams mm-hmm. that, you know, are known for better quarterbacks and have a little bit better success. Come give him offers. You're always wondering whether or not last minute you're going to have a change of heart or whatever, but he's one of those guys to come in, too, and it, you just hope that it's a, not another highly touted quarterback that changes positions or doesn't see the field. Yeah. Because well, Wisconsin is really good at taking taking highly rated quarterbacks and turning them into something else. Now, if you get an NFL career like Owen Daniels, who came in, I think, as the number three rated mm-hmm. quarterback in his class, yeah. you can't really argue with that if you turn into a really good NFL talent somewhere else, but... For God's sake, I just want somebody to be able to play quarterback for Wisconsin. Well, you know, competently. Good, good for Chris and his staff for for the class they brought in and for keeping these high ranked guys from you know uh, flipping commitments because we see that happen all the time. Yes. So it was the um, first five five star prospect I think since two, what did I read? Two thousand. I can't remember what the year was, but it was Josh Oglesby, an offensive lineman from mm-hmm. in state. Sure. And he turned Mocky out. Vincent, I believe, is that he right? turned out to be. Terrible. Yeah. So I'm. I made a. I think I played one year at Whitewater with his brother. Really? I think so. So I'm. I'm kind of pumped to see that they get a five star offensive lineman, Logan Brown. You know, there's. Uh, it's always going to be the Oglesby shadow until right. You get the starting lineup and you prove that you can actually play. So, um, bowl season will be wrapping up uh, fairly quickly by the time we we get back for the new year. Um, might be. Uh, Couple of days after the new for the Big Six, so national championship. We'll, we'll we'll know that by the time we get so. Yeah. So a little bit shorter episode today because there's really not much going on. It's Christmas, but you had a really good idea, and I failed to prepare for it <laughs> uh, just because my schedule this week is absolutely insane. But well, I probably put in enough time for the both for, of us. Well, of course, you probably did because you're a nerd like that. Yeah. But yeah. I but I really like the idea, and it's your top sports moments from. Before Twitter was invented, that would have absolutely broke the internet 
if social media was as big as it was at that time. And we're just going in our lifetime right. from, from no, 1980. We're, we're not looking at no, the mid-70s no. to 60s and all that we're other stuff. We're going from right? 1980 through 2006 when Twitter was actually born. Did you put, and I'm, I'm going to jump throughout on one of these, mm-hmm. and it, I think it's topical because we talked about it and it was just this last week. Is, is Buster Douglas on there? Uh, he will be for the next segment in the 90s. Oh, because this is just the '80s today. Okay. All right. So, because that th- that was a really fascinating thirty for thirty. Yeah, I still haven't watched it yet. It's on my DVR, but how I'm much try to check that out? How much he made in just basically like two or three fights, mm-hmm. and that set him up for life. And it it didn't it doesn't give any clues to his financial status. But right now, he's basically training people in a gym that he owns where he used to train. Yeah, and I thought that that's still cool. He's oh, yeah. helping train. Boxers, it's it's a really fascinating for thirty thirty. I'm I've, I'll be very curious to 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 see what you think. So, all right, take it away. All right, man. Well, Dazz- uh, dazzle me. So I originally I was gonna we were gonna just do a top ten, right? But then when I started so digging said, into this, I'm yeah, like, that's impossible. Can't whittle this down. There's just too much stuff. So um, we're gonna go kind of year by year, and I I picked out one or you know between one and like four uh, things that happened in each of the years, and uh, I I had some fun doing this. Um, last couple nights when I was kind of going through some stuff, I would go on YouTube and, and watch some of this stuff. And, and for anybody that's listening, I encourage you on, on some of these things to go back and watch because, uh, you probably forget how awesome it was. You forget how awesome it was. And, and, and some of the stuff is, is pretty funny. So I'll, right. I'll, we'll get to that, but okay. we'll start in 1980, uh, Olympic year. And, uh, the number one thing, obviously everybody remembers in February of 80, uh, one of the biggest sports moments in the history of the United States yep. when we beat the Russians in hockey yep. at Lake Placid. Went on to win the gold medal. Yep. That was not the gold medal game. Some people that aren't very very uh, familiar with that think that that was the gold medal game, and it wasn't. No, no. It's a common mistake that a yes. lot of people do make. They went on and actually beat, I believe it was Finland Sounds in right. the final. So, um, so, yeah, obviously that makes the list. Um, the Summer Olympics that year... We're actually, we boycotted them. We didn't participate in the 1980 Summer Olympics. Uh, we were boycotting the Soviet Union right. and their participation at the time in the Afghan uh, invasion. Um, something we And they were thinking about doing that from. for Lake Placid for the winter. <clears throat> Correct. And then they wound up saying, okay, we're going to go play. Correct. Yeah. Um, so nothing, nothing to report there from, from the Olympics for us. But uh, in May of 1980... Um, Interesting character makes the scene kind of on the national scale, not for the first time, but really kind of propelled him on his way to superstardom. Um, game six of the NBA Finals, uh, Lakers versus Sixers. Um, game five of that Finals, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who at the time was the best player in the NBA, rolled his ankle, didn't make the flight to Philly for game six. Lakers were up 3-2 to two, trying to close it out. Magic Johnson plays center for the Lakers that night. And uh, scores 42 points, has 15 rebounds, 7 assists, and the Lakers win hmm. their title and Magic's first title. All right. <clears throat> also in 1980, another uh, ridiculous athlete makes the scene. Uh, Wayne Gretzky joins the uh, Oilers and kind of begins his his ascent to, to, to the great to the one. Great and, one yeah. and even as a, as a rookie that year, he kind of set the league on fire. Um, you know, and some of these people that we talk about, like a Magic or a Gretzky, you know, for the most part, you know, you can go online and find individual plays that would have been memes and things like that. I, mm-hmm. I didn't kind of go through that. I just, you know, a little bit broader scope. So that takes care of 80. 81, only, I only came up with one big thing. Uh, Fernando Mania. Uh-huh. Fernando Mania. Yep. Fernando Valenzuela. Yep. 
for the Los Angeles Dodgers, 1981, came up. He won the Cy Young, the Rookie of the Year, and the Dodgers went on and won the World Series. And Fernando went 13-7 and with a 2.48 ERA, 11 complete games, and 8 wow. shutouts. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't and, that doesn't happen. No, and, and he was kind of a flash in the pan. He didn't last very long, but during that year, uh, and he kind of turned baseball on its ear. So mm-hmm. nice. Um, 1982. You'll like this one. January of 82. Um, set the set this football team on its domination of the 80s. The catch. Oh yeah, Montana to Clark yep. in the back of the end zone. Um, 58 seconds left. 33 Man. from the six. I mean, it's one of the iconic highlights in all of football. Yeah, and as I was going through this, it was kind of interesting. Um, it, it really it ended that era of cowboy dominance in the NFC. They had been to four Super Bowls in the 70s and gone 2-2. Two and two. And uh, after winning that game, the 49ers would go on to dominate the 80s and, and win four Super Bowls. So uh, that, was, uh, that was the big football one. And then the big basketball one was uh, the NCAA national title game, which was North Carolina versus Georgetown. And this is kind of the beginning of the Georgetown mystique, the Hoya paranoia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Patrick Ewing was yep. a freshman for Georgetown at the time, and North Carolina had their own freshman, uh, I, guy named Michael Jordan. Nobody's ever heard of that. Guy, hit yeah. kind of a big shot in that game uh, with about 16 uh, seconds left to uh, yeah. to win and kind of propel him wow. on his trajectory. I'd to, like to watch some of this stuff again. Superstardom. Okay. Uh, 83, NC State made their tournament run with Jim Valvano. Yep. Um, and uh, what, enough. what a lot of people don't remember about that, they had to actually win the ACC tournament to make the NCAA tournament. They weren't going to make it originally. No. So they didn't just go on the run when they got there. They had already been on a run. And, uh, of course, there's the famous, uh, which would probably be a, I'm sure it's a gift now and certainly would have been back then, of Volvano running, running around the court, looking for somebody to hug at the like end of the game. Going like a crazy man, yeah. Um, but <laughs> the, the number one thing in that that would have really set Twitter on fire was... The last play, when Derek Wittenberg shoots an air ball, and Lorenzo Charles catches it and dunks it in front of Akeem Olajuwon, and they win the title. As the buzzer sounds, I mean that would have, you know, that would have been crazy. It would have kind of been like the Villanova kid a couple years ago who hit the bomb against yes. uh, North Carolina. Yep. Um, another one from '83. You'll like this one. Uh, the NFL draft of 1983, quarterback heavy. Elway, Jim Kelly. Tony Eason, Ken O'Brien, Dan Marino. Yep. All first round picks. Boy, how about Tony Eason in there? Nice. Well, he did make a Super Bowl. Yeah. Just unfortunate that he had to go up against the Great Bears. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of the first, at least the first one I can remember, of a player Ken dictating O'Brien. where he goes. When Elway pulled his I'm not gonna play for the Colts routine and forced his way to the Broncos. That, that hadn't really happened before. It's kind of one of the first times you saw a player take control of that, him and his dad. And, I mean, could you imagine how badly he would have been getting killed online oh, for that? Oh, man, absolutely. I mean, this dude with a horse face is going to tell America that he doesn't want to play for the team that's horses? <laughs> really? <laughs> good job by the Jets. Yeah. And O'Brien. Uh, 84, another good one. That's uh, This one's a fun one to go back and watch. The Flutie Hail Mary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, BC. Yes, every, everybody's seen yep. that one. Uh, of course, and uh, people think BC. Oh, BC, not really a football school. Both of those teams were top ten teams during that game when they played Miami down at the yeah. Orange Bowl. Oh yeah. Uh, most teams would think that was some huge upset, fl- you know, fluke play. 
Um, not at all. That was a good Boston College team. Flutie Flakes. Um, also in 84 was the Celtic Laker Part 1. First time they met in the finals in the Bird Magic era. And uh, there's one the one thing in that that, that was interesting was uh, you've probably seen the play of at the Forum, I believe it's Game 4, and Rambus is going in for an uncontested layup, and Kevin McHale comes in and just clotheslines him. <laughs> that just kind of starts off a little mini brawl during the game. That if ha- if it happened today, oh. Kevin McHale would be suspended probably for the rest of the year. Um, and it probably would, yeah, an all out, yeah, into the stands, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. So that that was a, okay. That, that's a fun one. And then of course the '84 NBA draft, where you've got Jordan, Olajuwon, Barkley, and Stockton. Uh, come out of the 84 draft. So that would have been an interesting Bowie. one to watch. And Sam Bowie, yes, of course. <laughs> um, also in 84, 84 was a big year. You had three big East teams in the Final Four. Never had happened before. Okay. St. John's, Georgetown, and uh, uh, I'm blanking on who the third team was. St. John's. Oh, and uh, <laughs> we need to look I can't this remember. No, nah, it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. It was three teams. Uh, the 84 Olympics in L.A., Soviets boycott. Yeah. No Russians. Yep. Uh, Americans that's, that's dominate. Carl Lewis wins four golds. First time that had happened since Jesse Owens in the 36 Olympics. Um, I'm sure that would have been mammoth to see. And uh, the 84 uh, basketball team, which is probably the best amateur basketball team ever assembled with Mullen, Ewing, Jordan. Uh, it was Barkley and Stockton didn't even make the team. Yeah, that's that's how loaded that was. Coached by uh, your favorite guy, Bob Knight. <laughs> yeah. Eighty-five. <laughs> Pete Rose breaks the hit record. Hmm. Okay, that would have been pretty interesting to I, have, yes, to have watched that. You know, this sure. is this is pre um, suspension banning of Rose, of course. So he's still kind of a baseball darling at this point. Um, and breaking Ty Cobb's record, who we all would go to later find out was a <laughs> bastard of a human being. Yes, not a good, not a no. good guy. Q Ray Leota. Ty Cobb wanted to play too. Uh, Eighty-five uh, was also Celtics Lakers in the finals, part two. Okay, back to back years, and of course you had the eighty-five Bears Super Bowl shuffle. You can move on. The Super Bowl shuffle would have probably been like one of the most tweeted about things. Maybe ever I also, at that point. I also think that if that was because they would have been getting made fun of, and they would have, people would have also thought it was amazing. Yes, because they did at the time, and it, it probably just would have been beaten into the ground with how many different ways you can now access and get media, you know, via computers and phones and whatnot. You wouldn't be able to get away from the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how big it was back then because your your options to get it were fairly limited. Now you probably couldn't get away from it, right? At all, right. like really, we're again, everywhere. Yes, yeah, yeah. 1986 was a pretty big year, and it's got a couple things that I urge people to to go on YouTube and check out some clips of. Um, you had the '86 Celtics, which is uh, arguably probably one of the three best teams in NBA history. Uh, they ended up going 40 and one at home, and uh, in the first round, they got the Bulls. And Jordan had missed all but about 12 games that year with a broken foot. And uh, he came back for the playoffs. And in game two, he scored 63 points at the Boston Garden. Um, you can certainly find that one online. Yes. That's that's pretty fun to watch. Um, at age 46, Jack Nicholas won the Masters. Can you imagine that now? No. Tiger Woods blows his nose. Twitter, Twitter lights itself on fire. 
You imagine Jack Nicholas, the greatest you golfer th- of all time, winning the Masters at 46? You think there would be a, a bear tracker instead oh, of a tiger tracker? Man. On the, on, on the Twitter account? That would have been insane. Could you, the, the four days of that, wa- oh, watching that, would be absolute insanity. He's in contention. What color shirt's he wearing? How is it? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I watched this one today. It was unbelievable. Mike Tyson versus Trevor Burbeck for the uh, WBA world title. I think they probably do that in the 30 for 30 because they show a lot of Tyson leading up to that and they show some of his matches. It's the one where he knocks Burbeck down and he tries to get up and he falls down. Yeah. He tries to get up yeah, and he, he falls, falls yeah, down three and times. he falls through the ring ropes. Yep. Uh-huh. And uh, Tyson wins the title at age 20. Yeah. And uh, the last one here for 86, uh, Game 6, World Series, Bill Buckner. Oof. Um, yep. And do yourself a favor. There's, you, I, I found it online. There's a clip where you can just watch the ninth inning, or actually it's the tenth inning, um, the bottom of the tenth where the Mets make the comeback, and it's just a complete meltdown. And and you got to remember, Boston at this time hadn't won the World Series in like eighty years. Yeah. And they were one out away. Yep. And they it, blew it. Uh, who give credit? And I don't know who it was to however many years ago that it was. Uh, maybe it was on an anniversary. Recreated the game. Pitch for pitch on RBI baseball. Oh, really? And you can watch, and you can watch Buckner make the error oh, in wow. that inning, the way that errors are made in RBI baseball, and it is hilarious. That's amazing. I'd like to see that. All right, eighty-seven. Um, the football game that kind of um, made me start to love football. I mean, I was a Bears fan, obviously, at the time, um, but this was the game that kind of, kind of turn things for me and and actually at the time probably made it my favorite sport the drive Broncos mm-hmm. uh versus the Browns AFC championship game 98 yards in under 5 minutes um now that doesn't seem like that big of a deal no because probably most teams score in about yes. five five plays but in 1987 um that just that did not happen and they the Broncos went down Elway masterfully drove them down and they scored the game tying touchdown ended up winning in uh, overtime and then went on to get slaughtered in the Super Bowl by the Giants, but um, that just to went back and watched that drive mm-hmm. and it's pretty impressive till mm-hmm. it holds up to this day. Um, here's just a singular play: um, Bo Truck and Boz on Monday Night Football and just running <laughs> out of the stadium. I mean, it, it was hard to come up with. You know, you could just look at Bo stuff. Yep. You know, just Bo Jackson stuff. I think. I think. Three of his posters in my room growing oh, up. I mean, the dude was the black and blue one. Unbelievable. Yeah. You just will Bo- never see anything like that again. Bonos. Yeah. Yeah. The one where he's got the shoulder pads yeah, on yeah. holding and the, then bat. the baseball bat. Yeah. Yep. Had that I one. think everybody had yep. that one. Um eighty seven, you also have Lakers Celtics part three, the third time in four years. And last time they would meet and uh Lakers would go on to win the title. SMU death penalty. Ooh, yeah. College football. Kind of been waiting for that, somebody to have as an egregious thing. And I think we've had some things that come close, but they're always afraid to go back to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they take scholarships away, they put them on penalty, probation, well, they've never no bowl games. really been the same. No. No, that no. Was, that was, what, 20, 31 years yeah. ago? And, and to this day, Dickerson will not say anything no. about his time there and what went on. Nope. Nothing. Still won't answer questions. The last of '87, and and uh, and certainly not least, and most important, WrestleMania three, Silverdome, Hogan slamming Slam, Andre, slamming the giant, one hundred and 
How many thousand? I think it was ninety seven, ninety eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Largest indoor attended sporting event ever. Ever. I don't know if it's still ever, but it was at the time. Was for the a time. long time, it was. Overdome. Unbelievable. Now that place is just a oh, sad. 88, uh, Lakers are the first NBA team to win back-to-back titles since Russell Celtics in the 60s. And now kind of since then, it's kind of rare if you don't win back-to-back titles in the NBA anymore. Right, because you're usually good for a few years. Here's another one I watched today that was just hilarious. Tyson versus Michael Spinks. Oh, yeah. For the Basically, it was a unification yes, bout. Yes, correct. And it, it, the, the whole thing, you can, the, the whole bout, the match lasts 91 seconds. So you can watch this whole, the, the entrance, the entire thing, you can watch it in about 10 minutes. It, and it is like, it is peak 80s. It's at the Trump Plaza. You got Michael Buffer. Yep. The ring announcer. Before the match, he introduces a young Donald Trump who's in the ring. Really? Because I believe that year he had written the book, The Art of the Deal. It was a bestseller. And of course, it was Trump, Trump Plaza, his right. place. So he's in him and Muhammad Ali are introduced simultaneously in the ring before the match. Wow. Match goes on. Tyson, I mean, it's just like this, this dude did not want any part of that. And uh 91 seconds. And also peak young Mills Lane. 1988. Oh, wow. 1988. Wow. Still still bald. Oh, of course. Still speaking voice. Let's get it on. Mills Lane. Mills Lane. Good drop. Um Team USA wins the bronze medal in basketball in the 88 Olympics. Yeah. Which would have been a online debacle. Oh, they would have been crucified. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and of course that ends up leading to the dream, dream team, team. In, in four years. Had but, that poster. Uh, that would have been uh, unbelievable no, to have had that on, on inexcusable. Twitter. Um, Jordan went in the dunk contest in Chicago that year. That's the one where he jumps in the free throw line. Is that over Dominique? Yep. Okay. Um that that night would have Jordan versus Dominique in a dunk contest, and at the time, I mean, basically the equivalent of that would be like LeBron versus Westbrook today in a dunk contest in their primes. You know, um, I, I remember watching it. I could only imagine reading about it online. Oh yeah, pretty awesome. Um, Kurt Gibson's homer in the World Series off of Ack, Game One, pumping uh, the fist. That was my team too. The A's, man. Now popularized by Euchre in the locker room getting showered with yes, beer. Yes, Which you have made into a gif every time that you want to <laughs> make fun of one of my sports teams. <laughs> uh, Wayne Gretzky gets traded. They, yep. uh, from the Oilers to the Kings, they had won five, four titles in five years. I think that was also a 30 it was. for 30. It was. I think, yeah. Yeah, and that and was, I mean. I, that, I think I, I mean, watched yeah. it. That set people, I mean, people want to set themselves on fire. Oh, my God. I mean, you're trading the greatest hockey player yep. ever in his prime. From Canada. From Canada to L.A. To a non-hockey like, town. Man. <laughs> yep. And uh, we'll wrap up with 89. Right. You got Super Bowl 23, um, the great Montana drive. Where they finish it off throwing to John Taylor. Um, famously known as the the John Candy drive where he looks, he's in the huddle <laughs> right, and he looks up right. and he goes, hey, there's hey, John, there's Candy. John Candy. Uh, Pete Rose banned from baseball for life. Um still doing stuff in Vegas. That's something that I almost kind of want to go back and, and maybe find some old Sports Illustrated and, and read about that. Knowing what we know now and how everything played out. Mm-hmm. Um, just to go back and see what the consensus was. And and if people had thought that he might get back in. Um, because people forget. 
when he was he was suspended or banned by Bart Giamatti, who was the commissioner at the time, Paul Giamatti's father, actually. Really? Yes. <laughs> and um, shortly after that, Giamatti died. And Rose has always contended that him and Giamatti had it worked out where it was going to be like a year or two ban, and then he was going to be, you know, let back. He wasn't going to be banned, but he wasn't going to be able to like manage anymore. Sure. Um, but Faye Vincent took over, and Faye Vincent was a, you know, he was a lawyer, he was a stickler, and he had a zero tolerance policy, and and Bud Selig kind of just ran with yep. that, and and here we are today. But it'd be kind of interesting to go back and, <laughs> and read some stuff okay. about that. Um, and this one uh, is another great clip to go watch. I remember watching it live. Um, game three of the World Series, the earthquake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it the Coliseum? Uh, it was at uh, it was, Candlestick. It was yeah. yeah, it was the That's A's right. and the Giants. Yep. And I remember Al Michaels being live, and he was opening up the broadcast, and it hap- the, the earthquake happened, and, and you, they're cutting out, and he's like, you can hear him going, oh, my God. There's, I think this is an earthquake. Can you hear us? And um, it was pretty freaky. I remember watching that as a little kid and not really knowing what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they end up postponing Game Three for ten days. Uh, but it was a it was a nasty earthquake. <laughs> so um, All right. so that's the eighties. Um, those are just some some pretty cool moments that you know if if Twitter was around that w- they would have had fun with some stuff that if you're so inclined go back and watch some of this stuff online. It's pretty cool and. I didn't even get to some of the, the, the great people of that that would be fun to go back. I mean, you want to laugh your ass off. Go back and, and search for a Bob Knight press conference or, <laughs> okay. or, or a Mike Ditka press conference. Well, you and I talked about that night, that 30 for 30 was oh, just replayed man. the other night, and I didn't know a lot of that stuff just two that, bullies. that had come out. Yeah. I mean, you had told the story about going to the going to the night camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I went to Bobby Knight camp, and... Uh, he, and he actually and he, called he you. He called up. me up in front of the camp, and uh, it was the most intimidating five minutes of my entire life. I, I, it was unbelievable. And this was probably 1993, so kind of at the height of his fame. Right. So, yeah. His infamy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a uh, nice job. Thanks, man. How long, well, did that, how long did that take you? How many hours you put in on that? Not as many as you'd think. Okay. Not as many as you'd think. But well, again, uh, you have one of those memories that that helps. Yeah. Next next uh, time we do this, we'll we'll get into the nineties. Jump into and, the nineties. All right. And uh, we'll have a little fun. Excellent. So if if we missed anything, yeah, you be, know, let us know. Obviously, tweet us uh, at Dan Saunders one hundred four mm-hmm. at Podcast Foul at Josh Goldberg. So no uh, D in there. Hit well, us hey. up. Hit us up. I mean, obviously, get to see you. Uh, couple of more times this week but yeah have a good christmas yeah have a good fr- christmas everybody listening have a good new year we appreciate you listening if you're one of the ones that do if you don't subscribe give it a try it'll give you notification as soon as we upload it and uh again we love that you download this and listen i mean it's kind of just a little fun thing for us to talk some sports it's good to hear that you do listen. We know there's not a lot, but no, we, we okay. certainly appreciate the feedback. Yep, and, and hopefully if we keep doing a good job, you'll you'll spread the word as much as we do. And as Drew Olson always used to end his D-list show, tell your friends. That's right. That's right. So with that, that is our Christmas edition. We will take a week off and be back after the new year with more of the intentional foul. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Have a good Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jabrons.